This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. So, a must-win game it was, and a win we got indeed. Thanks to Josh Tymon, uh, yeah, making this a Wednesday night recording a very, very, well, much more smiley one, eh, Mike? Yeah, just a little bit, mate. I'll be honest with you, for a big portion of that game, I didn't think it was coming, to be honest. We were... I mean, we'll, we'll dig into it, mate, but it was very, very average at best. And I think that's being kind. So, yeah, mate, at the end of the day, we, we said, you know, the, the other day that we wanted to win. doesn't have to be pretty. The main thing is we got three points and, and that's what we got. Well, football aside, you were good? Yeah, mate, I, I'm geared up. I've been doing some more holiday stuff. I'm going to be in Vegas in about five days. I'll be there. And yeah, oh, mate, I can't wait. I've waited a long, long time for this. So I, my head's already already in America, I'll be honest. <laughs> Hence why you're going to hear more of my dulcet tones and less of Mike's today, because he's on holiday mode already. <laughs> <laughs> so I give him more time to go pack his case and uh, work out what number he's having on the roulette wheel. <laughs> I tell you what, though, one thing I will say is obviously I'm going to be away for the, uh, the West Brom game. Um, and... I think pretty sure it's the West Brom game, if my math is correct. Um, but yeah, I will be watching that in about six o'clock in the morning, uh, Vegas time. And I definitely won't be missing it. So you might get a couple of audio files from me, just so you know. So you're not going to join us? It'll be about midday, your, your time, won't it? 6am my time. By the time we do the recording, it'll be like midday or something. You can go and join us. Surely get out the... You won't uh, be out mate, in the sun you... in that time of day. <laughs> I was going to say, do you really think I'm going to be doing a bloody podcast when I'm in Vegas? Don't think so. Sorry, Stoke fans, but it's not that important. <laughs> oh. oh, well, there we go. Point now, you know where, now you know where you stand, people. <laughs> I'm always here, regardless. <laughs> um, right, let's delve into this win, because we don't get many of them, do we? So let's enjoy it. Josh Timing. Great to have him back here. What? Yeah. What a difference he makes, eh? Yeah, big difference, mate. I mean, when that team came out, I thought, well, no, pretty decent team. But I said to you at Inter, I thought, oh, no, Fosu isn't in there. Why have we dropped him? Why have we not replaced him with Fox? But, yeah, I mean, Timon does what Timon does in that wing-back formation, mate. He 
he just bosses it, doesn't he? Uh, again, he doesn't really do much in defence, but I think that's because he his attacking kind of prowess, if you want to call it that, uh, means that that fullback has to go with him to stay to stay up up, 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 up up to speed, shall we say? So, mate, yeah, time and good finish, solid finish. Uh, I want to watch it back again one more time just to see if that build up kind of one two was intentional or it was more of a ricochet. But who cares? You know, he, he did what he needed to do. Um, and it's it's good to see him back. And I think his injury when he went off, if I'm honest, I think it was a bit of sportsmanship. I'm not convinced he's actually injured. Saw him afterwards. I'm not sure if you've seen any of the footage afterwards. Him, Thompson, Powell, they're all walking around like they were fine. So maybe O's been a bit more clever than we used to be. That's where the six minutes of injury time come from at the end, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Like I say, it makes a massive difference. And we've obviously changed. Have we changed the formation to accommodate and get the best out of him, do you think? Is he that important, maybe, to Alex Neal? Um, I think we might have done it more to just match up with what Wigan were, were going to be doing, um, to be honest with you. I think, I think that was the, the thought process behind it. Because, obviously, McLean, we know, has still got a bit of pace and he's got a bit of trickery in his locker. He didn't really show much other than the opening five or ten minutes, I think. Um, you know, he soon got into his place and back into his rubbish self. Um, and then I can't, I can't remember what that guy's name was on the right, but again, he had a bit of pace and a bit of trickery. So I think it was just more combating them. But yeah, I think I think it's anyone would say that if we're playing a wing back system, he's the only man who's capable of doing that competently. Um, if as much as we say that, again, I, you haven't really asked me about him yet. But Morgan Fox, I mean, I've, I've not been a an advocate of his. I think that's quite clear clear to see. And he was solid again. Like, he was very composed on the ball. He didn't do anything wrong from what I can remember. Um, when we were playing, obviously, in, in that kind of left, left-hand side of the three centre-backs, I thought he just, he was just spot on. Um, whether he's, he's warming up into that position, well, time will tell. But, um, yeah, we, we, we still need another full-back. I don't think we're going to get one this season, but... Yeah, mate, for me, very a long-winded answer to your question. But for me, mate, yeah, I think we did it to combat Wigan's um, attacking kind of capabilities, I think. Yeah, I mean, just a couple of things for what you said there. I mean, I wonder if James McLean will be on Instagram tonight. Um, <laughs> Do you want his balaclava on? Yeah. The other thing, obviously, with Fox, do you think he's more... He seems to be playing better now as sort of a left-sided centre-half, doesn't he? I mean, like today than when he's playing at left-back. I mean, obviously, that's his sort of, in creative his natural position and what he's played the majority of his career as as a left-back. But he seems to prefer and play better now as a left-sided centre-half, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's continuity, though, isn't it? I think if any player plays in one formation for long enough, you're going to become pretty... Decent, you're going to at least be again. I use the word competent, but you're going to be at least competent in your position. I think when you moved around left, right, centre, for example, Wilmot was, you know, he was right back one minute, right wing back the next, centre back the next. And in fairness to the guy, he actually took quite well to all three positions. But um, yeah, I mean, mate, Fox for me, he deserves his place right now, and I didn't think I'd ever be saying that. Yeah, I think uh, funny you should mention like Wilmot there. I think he sometimes plays like that. You end up being too too flexible for your own good, don't you? And you end up like whenever there's an, a hole needs filling, the manager looks at you straight away. And then what happens, I think, as well with supporters, it's because you're not playing to the top of your ability because you're in an unnatural position. 
they start getting on your back. Oh, he's, he's rubbish, he's crap. He's, uh, and what they don't really see is he's act, they're actually usually very good players and that's why they've been asked to play out of position because they can do a competent job in a role that's not you know, not necessarily theirs. Um, but with Wilmot, I thought he was great again tonight. Does really good. Yeah, yeah, re- really solid again, mate. What a season he's having, to be honest. I mean, I think it's easy to forget that he's what twenty-two. Yeah, just doing twenty-two. It's, it's so easy to forget that because you look at him and he feels like he's been around forever, I and mean, he doesn't look twenty-two either. So I think it's just easy to to fall into that false sense think, of security thinking he's been around for the last thirty years. I think as well, like when you brought when you when you buy a player in as well, you always like say don't appreciate how young some of them are, do you? Mm. Yeah, especially our team. They're all about 15 years old, I think, um, when when they came in. But no, but I I I agree with you. I think there was he's 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 coming really into his own now. I think he's making himself undroppable. Uh, Jaggy Alka again didn't really do too much. I don't, I don't think any of the defence did anything wrong. I thought Harry Clark was bright and and his attacking play again. And once again, I think he is a, basically he's a timing on the right. He's not a right back for me. I think he's a he's a right wing back. He can really attack, and if he sorts out that final pass and that final ball, um, he could be just as good as timing for me. He just like he pops up on the edge of the box and everything, doesn't he? Like in the in the central positions as well. He just he seems yeah. to like buzz about everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he does. He does, mate. I mean, I think overall that first half. I mean, I, I'm not sure how much of it you caught. I think you, you caught probably the majority. Um, and for me, mate, it was the most boring. Well, not not the most boring crash. We've seen some boring Stoke games, but it was just again, Will Keane missed a sitter. How he's missed that header from about what three yards, four yards. We we got away with one there. Um, yeah. Brown was absolutely nowhere. I mean, I like Jacob, but he's clearly not up to speed yet. Uh, he isn't. He hasn't found that kind of relationship with Gale and, and Co just yet. Um, give him time. I think everyone was very harsh. That Nigel Johnson was a bit harsh on him uh, for the for the shot. He was like, "Oh, he should he should have hit. He said he should have shot." He was trying to set up, obviously, Dwight Gale, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I think a confident, fit, raring Jacob Brown finishes that. Um, but his confidence isn't there yet. So again, other than that, Brown did nothing. Um, I mean, is, is Tyree still ill? Is he? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's sort of indicative of Stoke, isn't it, in this current time, you know, the last uh, sort of couple of years, two, three years, that we've sort of, well, you've got Nick Powell and Josh Tymon back, so uh, who are you losing? Which of which you better players over to? Like, okay, Campbell, you're back out. Uh, Sterling, you've shown a bit, right? You can have an injury. It's, 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 do you know what I like it? I was thinking it's like, it's like me when I've got the kids here and I'm trying to get them to tie, like they get, try and get some toys out and I say, Oh no no you can't get them toys out till you put them ones away you're not having all mm. of them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't have all your toys out Stoke fans you, you've got if you're having them ones you've got to lose some. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. No it it is mate. What what did you think of the injuries? Do you think the actual injuries are genuine? I I I really I'm not convinced. Um especially especially with a couple of them. I mean I thought um Powell's was a bit funny because the replays that I've seen it doesn't look like he's been hitting the ribs. It looks like it was a, a load of grappling. But I, I, I don't know, mate. I think Alex Neal is that sneaky with how he deals with injuries and stuff like that. And he's on about you know playing the game a little bit. I think that is exactly what we were doing. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you look at that, and then you look at like Joe Bercy as well. 
Yeah, holding his back of his head, and he was like, "Oh, me head, me head," and then he's like, "I'm, I'm, I'm don't worry, I'm okay now." <laughs> I mean, do you, I, I mean, do you think, um, do you think he was lucky at all with that late goal that was disallowed? Or, no, I think keepers, keepers themselves get a lot of protection. I think any other, like, if that was given at the other end, there wouldn't be too many complaints, would there? If, if you know, we scored and the and the, the, the goalkeeper was. You know, awarded a free kick there. I don't think we'd be complaining too much, would we? No, but I'm not sure if you've seen the other angle of it, mate. It was, <laughs> he basically, I think he thought he was playing rugby. So the only reason that I think uh, Joe has not been able to go and catch that ball is that the Wigan player, he's jumped across, mate, and swiped it with his hand. Um, uh, so it was, that's yeah. what it was. You may not have seen it because a lot of people didn't first time round. It's been very clear from Twitter that a lot of people missed it. But no, he was literally, mate, he swept it with his hand like he was playing rugby. So... Yeah. <laughs> well, well Matt, I was watching on the red button on Sky and they were very kind they were very kind to me really. They obviously thought what Stoke fans want to see is they want to be able to watch their team, but also they want to be able to hear what's going on at Birmingham because we got them on Saturday. <laughs> so so my feed on the red button had a Stoke pictures but Birmingham versus Millwall audio. <laughs> I can just say that game ended nil nil from what I could hear. I don't think I think I don't think a single thing happened in the entire ninety minutes. <laughs> oh, great. Was, so they're saving it all up, are they? Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a very much a Gary Rowett style performance from Millwall, just bored everybody to death. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you mentioned about the injuries. I suppose it could just be. I mean, obviously Thompson, Time, and Powell. None of them have played a great deal, have they lately? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it could just be that you know, obviously the three of them. It was maybe planned that they would cut be coming off around that time you know run yourself as much as you can but i tell you what it did do i mean i was a bit worried towards the end i mean because when thompson went off it the midfield obviously was like powell baker and smallbone i mean i said to you when small like i said in sort of one of our group chats and so when, when smallbone come on could you have put maybe um tom sparrow on instead for a bit more energy i mean Obviously, he's playing more in the central midfield again now for the 21s. But I just looked and thought, that doesn't that doesn't look to me like a midfield that sees out a 1-0 win away from home. <laughs> no, no, I'd make that same. And it, what if he makes a mistake? I mean, his head's going to go in it. I think that's all he was there. If, 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 don't get me wrong. I think if we were 2-0 up or 3-0 up, he's much more inclined to do that. Uh, but he, he's never going to bring him on at 1-0. I mean, obviously, Danny, it got even worse when Powell went off, didn't it? Because we had the midfield that saw the game out then was Gale, Baker and Smallbone. <laughs> Just versatility. I tell you what, though, Gale, I mean, he, he, he picks up some sticks still from some people. Um, the job that he did up front, again, his work rate, he is a, he's a, basically is a Johnny Walters, I think. I think that that's how I look at him now, which I never would have compared the two before. But the guy doesn't stop running. He doesn't stop moving. He tries to get in front. He tries to flick balls around the corner. He tries to flick headers on and, and all that. His game has completely changed the Dwight Gale that I think we were all expecting to see. And I think that's what a lot of people are struggling to, to separate yeah. in their minds. You're He's expecting it, the play on the shoulder Gale, weren't they? Oh, yeah. And it, we're not even... The thing is, though, even if he was, play, if, even if he was that player, we aren't playing like that. So he would, he still wouldn't be scoring goals. He's finding a way now to play that in, in a way that he needs to play in the team. So for me, I don't care if he doesn't score for the next ten games. If he's helping to link play and someone else is scoring, that's good enough for me. Uh, again, he is 
a Johnny Walters. It's just strange. I, I, I genuinely, I, I just be hearing myself say that as a feeling a bit weird. I mean, obviously, he's played up front with Brown today. Is that a partnership that you think has got promise there? I mean, you've said, obviously, Jacob hasn't played too well since he's come back in the team, but you know, could that be the, the way forward if we're going to play this 3 5 2? Because I think the opportunity, if we are going to be playing with this formation, there's the opportunity to for two of these strikers here to form a real partnership together, isn't there? And and sort of nail down, you know, both their places in the team. I think it's got a good chance because I don't think Gale in Delap up front works for the simple fact that I think Gale is, like I said, he's going to try and hold the ball up a little bit more, flick ons, etc. But that's Delap's game. So I think to have two people playing the same way up front, it's not going to work. I think you do need that. Not not the big and small man like the Crouchy and the Defoe type scenario, but I think, you know, if you have Delap, you've got to play Brown or Tyrese with him. You can't have both of them. So, yeah, I think Brown needs more time. Um, he's earned a chance because the other players haven't been scoring goals. So, yeah, let, let's just see how he goes. I mean, the next two home games, you know, let's just see how he does against Birmingham and Luton and, and take it from there. Obviously, yeah, we, we are. Say we've got two home games coming up as well. I mean, yet another away win, though. Another away win, another clean sheet away from home. Fifth best away form in the division. So, like, it's amazing, really, isn't it? Twenty third home we are now. If we'd have lost today, we would have been bottom of the home form table. The other one below us is Wigan. But if away from home, we're now up to fifth in the division. It's crazy, crazy, really. I mean. Let's, let's hope that you know, we can climb up and uh, get out the relegation zone on the home form as well <laughs> over the next coming week. I believe can hope so, mate. But they, I mean, I know we'll probably get onto it later, but those are not going to be easy games. They really won't be. No, not at all. Um, one thing I just will touch on I thought the referee, obviously, first time in the championship for him, thought he had a very solid game. They've called things pretty correct. Um, can't say as I think he did many mistakes or anything. I thought he did a very good job, really. Went under the radar a lot of the time. Thought he won. Yeah, and we, we said this, though, didn't we? Um, I think it was a couple of potential penalty calls. I mean, I'm not sure there was much in him. The handball against uh, McLean wasn't handball. He's, he's pulled his arms into his body. It's hit his arm, but it, it's never, never again given. Uh, the one on Brown, I think, at one point, 50-50 at the absolute most. Uh, yeah, I'd say, again, mate, he didn't do anything wrong. And we said last week that he wasn't going to do anything wrong either because it's his first game in the championship. He's not going to want to give a penalty that's not a penalty, a red that's not a red. So it's it's exactly the performance I was expecting. Yeah, bro. So uh, one thing I'll just round off is the man of the match for this game. So it's early days, obviously it's only been up um, I'd say about half an hour or so. Uh, it's got 35 votes on so far uh, but the overwhelming leader at the minute is Josh Tymon with 60% of those votes. Uh, ben Wilmot in second with 14% and Nick Powell is third with 9%. Uh, Dwight Gale has 8 and then there are uh, votes for uh, Phil Jagielka and Joe Bursick with Harvey Murphy adding the ref. He's added the ref on as a, an extra one. So, yeah, he's obviously agrees with us that the ref had a good game. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, can, you, um, can you argue with that, mate? Time and Wilmot Powell? Um, 
No, 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 I don't think so. I was just, I mean, certainly um, the first two. I was just trying to see if Powell deserved to be third. I think, he, I think he did, just because no one else really stood out other than that. So no, I think that's a a really fair point, mate. Um, and and funny enough, I think is actually just been some comments in the Facebook group. I'm sorry to jump on your prey, but um, yeah, just Anthony Hall said, breathe, uh, breathing a huge sigh of relief and looking forward to a good night's sleep. And uh, yeah, Harvey said we needed the win. Steve Ashman said, wake up in the morning and pinch yourself. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, they're literally just coming through as you were talking then. So I thought, speaking of uh, of Harvey, give him a shout. But yeah, no, mate, I think those three are, are fair enough. Stuart and Block Nine's taking a night off, I think. So uh, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't gone up to Wigan. Couldn't get a ticket. <laughs> Plenty of bloody seats, mate. You've got to sit on the Wigan end. Empty as always. <laughs> um so yeah, I think that uh, rounds off rounds off the Wigan talk. Uh, let's move into the news. So we will go to the under eighteens and this is their final Premier League Cup game. They play away at West Brom on Saturday, eleven AM. And that is an apology for me because last week I told you that the under-21s were in their final Premier League Cup game. Actually, that was their first of this season. It was the under-18s who'd already played and lost two games, not the 21s. Um, so, yeah, so I do apologise for that. Uh, so, yeah, the West Brom, it's a dead rubber game, really, because, like I say, we lost the first two the under-18s have. Uh, but, yeah, they travel away to there on Saturday, 11am kickoff. Um Yes, what, what, sorry, Mike. I'm sorry I let you down there. I'm sorry. You, you did, mate. You just can't get the podcast presenter sometimes, can you? <laughs> no, there's just, there's just there's that an, many... an announcement. There's a space open. <laughs> Two spaces. <laughs> Two spaces. No, we've got, we've got to be fair to Andy here tonight because he's gone to Wigan. So we can't really expect him to do this on the coach on his way back. I, so. I, I was on about you jetting off the other side of the world. <laughs> oh, me? All right. Hey, hey, I'm a permanent fixture here. I'm allowed to go and have a holiday at some point. <laughs> um, right, back back to the serious stuff. Under twenty ones, they lost four nil away at West Brom this week. Uh, Harry Suter got sixty eight minutes, and Emre Tesco got ninety. So yes, that's the positive stuff that come out of it, and I think that could possibly be the only positive that came out of that result. Uh, one question I do have though is where is Jack Griffiths? Like Emre Tesco. Seven, just turned 17, just signed a pro contract and has sort of disappeared off the face of the earth. So I don't know if he's injured. If anyone knows, can you pop, you know, pop yourself onto Facebook or Twitter and uh, let us know, please? Because we would love to know. <laughs> um, the under-21s, yeah, they have got a busy period coming up, actually. Over the, they've got 11 games in 41 days. And that actually starts with a league game at Dar- home to Derby on Monday with a 7pm kickoff. That's at Clayton Woods. They follow that up on Wednesday with a trip to Hamley Town in the Staff Senior Cup. That's a half seven kickoff on Wednesday. So, yeah, they've got two games this next midweek, Monday and Wednesday. So, That'd be a good test for them, I think, might they? You know, to obviously they've got the Derby game, which is league, but the playing against Hanley, I think for any underage side to be playing against, you know, men in men's football, I think is it's always a test, isn't it? No matter what level. Oh yeah, mate. We've always said you know the, the people that are out on loan, there's they're much better being out on loan and playing men's football than they are playing the under 18s under twenty ones. Again, it really tests them. Some players. Will sink. Other players 
do well. Tyrese Campbell goes out on loan, I think it was to Shrewsbury, and and smashes it. You know, does absolutely brilliant and comes back, and all of a sudden, you know, he was a undroppable player. So yeah, mate, it's it's a big big difference, and uh, fingers crossed, more can go out and come back. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, uh, Ryan Shotton now in charge at Hanley as well. Mm-hmm. Taking on the uh, you know the youth team where he progressed and started his own career. On to the women, and they are their final league game of the year is on Sunday, two pm kickoff at home to Nottingham Forest. So they were due to play Derby at home in December, but that game has been postponed due to a fixture clash elsewhere. Um, so yes, yeah, so this is the final league game of the year. And yeah, so it's I know obviously they got a two 0 win in the cup last week, so let's. Let's hope that uh, you're back to league action on Sunday. Get back to home as well. You know, only, I think it's only the second home game on a Sunday this season. <laughs> so hopefully get a big crowd down there, mate. Yeah, fingers crossed. Good luck to them. Yeah, are, are you gonna you know take some time out from your, your packing it down to the ground and watch them? Um, to be honest with you, mate, I think I'd get shot um, if I go since <laughs> yeah. it's my son's birthday. Um, I don't think the missus or my son would be very impressed. So um, I'm going to have to say no, unfortunately. <laughs> On this occasion, we we will we definitely we want will to go be, down. Yeah, we, we will definitely be getting down there, won't we? Yeah, he um, wants to go as well. So yeah, this, so, as soon as we can after that. So on to loanies now. So obviously we you know we've we've been out and about, haven't we? We've looked at quite a few loanies um, over the past few weeks, and this one is surprisingly promising, to be honest. Um, in that Will Will Goodwin at Torquay. Now I looked at the league table. I saw that Torquay were bottom of the league in the in the National League, and I thought, oh, he's, you know, is he going to be do? You know, what kind of review are we going to get from this? Um, but yeah, this is actually what Sam from Torquay Talk uh, podcast has had to say. This is Sam from Talking Talkie Pod and Talkie Talk. Uh, Will Goodwin, he's on loan at Torquay from Stoke. He's, I'm very impressed with him. A lot of Torquay fans are. Um, obviously, he's come to a club, as you can see from the table at a minute, despite last night's result, where he won 6-1 and he scored, um, which has struggled. We've lost a lot of players recently, but Will Goodwin's been... Just, I think he's literally played every game so far. Um, he's really learning. Obviously, not the finished product, but there's definitely something there. He's a very good finisher, I'll give him that. Um, it's just the fact that in this team so far, apart from last night, when we've got a, a change of personnel and wingers, he's had to make a lot of his own chances. Uh, it took him a while to find his first goal, but it was always a case of once he found that first goal, he's going to kick on. Um, but no, he's a really good striker. He's got great attitude. He does a lot of running. He's got a few assists as well. He's forming a nice partnership with our striker, Aaron Jarvis, who has just come back from injury. Um, yeah, I think Goodwin got one goal and one assist last night. But no, he works hard. I don't have any complaints against him. He's definitely National League standard uh, with the view to go up to the Football League's. I'm uh, really happy he's here for a season as well because I'm sure he will develop. We've had a lot of strikers and a lot of players under Gary Johnson alone who have developed really well. So it's a really good place um, individually to send your players through, even though it's not working out on the pitch at the moment. But uh, no, he's got, uh, I think, the, the as I said, the first inside of his game is very good. At times, I feel like on the ball, could get a bit more skillful, a bit more sort of know-how. But that will come with games, you know, just a bit more, you know, to win free kicks at first of all, he's, he's kind of going over a bit too easy, you could say, and just had to just had to a bit more sort of intelligence to sort of not con the ref, but kind of just win those free kicks. But that comes when you learn lower league. It's a big improvement already. 
Um, but no, big future ahead for Min and I'm really happy and grateful to Stoke for giving him for the whole season and I hope he'll score plenty of more goals. Oh, cheers for that, mate. So, yeah, that, that's uh, very promising there, Mark, isn't it? I mean, like I said, I think some of these young players might not get to be championship or top end of the championship quality, might not get a chance at Stoke, but sounds like he's heading towards maybe a league career at the very least, judging by you know what, what what's been said there. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly that, mate. I mean, if if a team can be doing as unfortunately as poorly as them um, and still be a shining light and a and struggling team, I think that says a lot about the, probably the player's character as well, mate. To be honest, because uh, it's easy to be a, you know a, a good young player when the team's doing really really well. I think it's when things get really tricky is it's kind of when you know you really see how good a player can be. So, yeah, it, again, mate, sounds good. Um, probably far from ready for the championship, but, again, every player has to start somewhere. So, uh, one of us, uh, well, one player to keep an eye on. Yeah, I suppose he's quite similar to Connor Taylor as well, isn't he? I mean, we brought Connor Taylor in from Stafford Rangers, didn't we, when he was, like, 17, 16, yeah. 17? And, obviously, we picked Will Goodwin up from Chester, didn't we, about a couple of years ago, and, obviously, both Stoke fans as well. So, They've sort of, the fact they've missed out on that academy upbringing leads you to believe there's maybe a lot more potential to be unlocked in these stages now of when they learn. Do you, do you get what I mean? Like, there's yeah, not yeah. been drilled into them from a young age, as to so, there, yeah, there's room, maybe room for improvement. So, but yeah, nice and promising there. Like I say, certainly a lot more promising than I thought I was going to get back. <laughs> um, and nice to see as well that he gets 90 minutes every week. Um, and is one of the few players in that talky side who seems to be, you know, penciled in every week, no matter what. So he must be doing a good job. Yes. So there is some news about. Uh, so, Mike, you've seen a poll where we are apparently the ninth most hated team in the country. What's this about? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not quite sure where this kind of came from, if I'm honest with you. Um, I've taken a screenshot of it when it, it was actually, believe it or not, now this probably says how valid this comment even is. Uh, it was actually on TikTok. It was a football page on TikTok, which in fairness has thousands upon thousands upon thousands of followers. And so I think it's got at least, you know, some credibility, even if it is very, very minimal. So I'll just give you the top kind of 10 or 11, um, if if you like. So uh, the most hated team in England is Chelsea. Second is Man United. Third is Man City. Fourth is Arsenal. Uh, fifth is Liverpool. Sixth is West Ham. Seventh is Spurs. Eighth is Everton. Stoke a ninth. Cardiff a tenth. And then you've got a scattering of others, which not really overly surprising. Newcastle, West Brom, Swansea, etc. Um, but yeah, we're we're top of the championship, most hated. Yeah, most hated team in the championship. I mean, it's funny because those eight there above us are probably the eight biggest clubs in the country as well. <laughs> you'd say so. Is there some sort of correlation there? I mean, we'll, we'll take being best for the rest. <laughs> yeah, at least, we're, at least we're relevant, mate. It's been a while since we've been hated, isn't it? I mean, we love being hated. That's what we used to thrive off. So. Uh, if that's coming back, great. But unfortunately, we haven't quite got the team to uh, to capitalise on it, I don't think, at the minute. I mean, there's plenty of nothing clubs out there, isn't there? Plenty of meh. Yeah. What are they? I suppose if we've, uh, if we hate it, at least, like I say, at least we're in people's minds for something. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't get more um, irrelevant than Wigan, I suppose, can you? <laughs> no. It's not, no, um, it's not, not, no, not really a dig at them in terms of football. It's, it's a rugby town. So. 
it's going to be the same. But Oof. yeah. Did you hear that? Did you hear the screeching and the brakes there? He <laughs> <laughs> stuck it in reverse. <laughs> um, moving on to some other news. Right. Have you made plans for your Christmas uh, attendance at football yet, Mike? Um, no, but I, well, one game, yes. Uh, my birthday is Cardiff at home, 10th of December, I think it is. Uh, if that okay. can class that as Christmas. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely at that one. Because Burnley and Preston, the two home fixtures we have over the festive period, have both been moved. So, so I think what happened is Burnley had their game that should have been on Boxing Day. I think that got put back to the 27th, which meant that we then had to move our game with Burnley from the 29th to the 30th. So that now kicks off at 7.45 on Friday the 30th of December which then meant we couldn't play Preston on Sunday the 1st of Jan, which means we now play them at 3 o'clock on Monday the 2nd of Jan. <laughs> a, a lot, I like Boxing, uh, Boxing Day fixtures. I like uh, New Year's Day um, kind of fixtures. I love them. Oh, that's well, crap. we won't be getting one this year. No. So we've had, we've had two games moved, both at home, and we're not even on TV. <laughs> Can we just move them to away instead? We'd much prefer that. Yes. Let's go back to Preston and beat them again at Deepdale yeah. <laughs> and get another point at Turf Moor. Do you, what do you think about all these things? I mean, there's a lot. It seems to me, I think there's a load. Every year there seems to be more and more games around this sort of Christmas period that just get moved. And like you say, there used to be Boxing Day, didn't it? Everyone played mm-hmm. Boxing Day. Now they have some on the 26th, some on the 27th, move on the 28th even. And I think it just plays havoc with... Like I say, we've had to move two fixtures just because another one, you've got that many games in such a short period of time, that if you move a game back a day, it just plays havoc with the rest of the calendar. Yeah, it screws things up. But even even forgetting the actual footballers and, and their personal lives, because let's, let's face it, they've got personal lives. You know, they want to see the families and the kids and all that business. But just think of the fans. I mean, how, how many times over the years have we had trips to Newcastle on New Year's Day or... You know, Boxing Day, we've had to go to Sunderland. You know, as far as fans go, it's them who pay the price. And Sky Sports can also dictate what they want, when they want it. Um, although, if it goes to Amazon and people like that, you know, the, the whole bid work that's going on, that could change. Um, but until that happens, we're, gonna have to, we're just going to have to suck it up and accept it, unfortunately, mate. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the one positive is that we are, what, the 2nd of November? Mm-hmm. when we're recording this so there is a, it's not as if they've done it at a real short notice which yeah they, they have been known to do in the past haven't they sky like you know drop your fixtures in a couple of weeks beforehand and, and you know and you've got a you've got people who've booked travel booked hotels and all and you know and they've got to exactly. rearrange everything so at least you know if they keep to what they've done and don't move anything else then people have got plenty of time to plan now aren't they yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, there was there's always every year a story of a train having to be cancelled last minute or moved, and it screws everyone's plans. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, rounding off the news section, goalkeeper coach David Rouse has left the club. Forty uh, six year old brought in by Michael O'Neill to replace Andy Quay in two thousand nineteen. What do you think about this? I mean. I, I think I messaged you and said he can't have been doing much work with him, can he? How <laughs> the goalkeepers have been performing while he's been here. I would probably argue, though, that Andy Kai had, had a hell of a lot better calibre goalkeepers to work with. I think that always helps. Um, 
I mean, you're trying to tell me that Asmir Begovic, uh, Jack Butland, and Thomas Sorensen are better than Frankie Fielding <laughs> and Jack Bottom. Um, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I mean, Frank Fielding, I forgot he even existed, to be honest with you. I haven't heard that name in a while. Um, but no, I mean, again, I don't know, mate. When it, when it comes down to coaches at, at this level, I, I'm probably very naive here, but how much influence can a goalkeeping coach have on a goalkeeper's day-to-day? I mean, surely there's only so much that a goalkeeper can do in terms of his training and and all that. I mean, I don't. I'm sure they obviously have adult development and footwork and stuff like that. But when you get to a championship level, you know, mid or top table kind of club, do they really have that much of an impact on a player? I don't know. Maybe they do. I, I, again, I'm, I'm. I know nothing on that front. Uh, I so, just, sounds like a special podcast in the making. That does. It does. Yeah. We need to get. We need to get hold of someone. We need uh, to I, find I, somebody. I, goalkeeper coach. Well, I hear what's his name. Uh, Neil Cutler has retired, I believe. Oh, it's mo- I know I'm not obviously retired from football, of course he has, but I feel like what he was now. He's either retired from coaching or he's, he's moved. He was a head coach at some, a head goalkeeping coach at somewhere quite big, actually, if I remember rightly. Um, but yeah, he's um, maybe, maybe he can come back. We'll, we'll get him on the pod, mate. We'll, we'll ask him. There you go. You're getting, you're getting the exclusives as we break here, <laughs> as we decide what to do. This is like a. Like one of our meet, like a meeting that we never have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Andy wouldn't be there anyway. <laughs> plans that we don't make. <laughs> oh, God. Right, let's go into Birmingham, eh? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, Birmingham at home. Been, a fixture, been an interesting fixture over the years, Mark, hasn't it? So, do you want some stats to kick us off? Yeah, go on then. We have played Birmingham 107 times. We have 44 wins, 27 draws, 38 defeats. Our home record with Birmingham, 55 games, 31 wins, 14 draws and just 10 defeats. That doesn't sound too bad, does it? No. Right. We have one win in our last 10 games against Birmingham, four draws, five defeats. We have two wins in our past 18 league games against Birmingham since January 97. Six draws and ten defeats. <laughs> Not as promising now, is it? <laughs> Not quite, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Stoke's home form puts them 23rd, as we mentioned earlier on, in the home form table with eight points from eight games, whilst Birmingham's away form puts them 14th in the away table with 11 points from nine games. Uh, inter- interestingly, actually, you know Coventry had all those home games postponed? Yeah. Do you know that we've only played one more home game than them? Oh, right. So they, they must have played a lot of midweek matches where we haven't then. 
Yeah, and I think we've played a lot of away games. We've played like that two extra away games than we have at home as well. Um, which possibly is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Lucas Jutquitz. I've murdered his name. I have no idea how to pronounce it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, he, he always scores against Stoke, doesn't he? Always, mate. Incorrect. He has only ever scored three goals in nine games against Stoke. Very really? surprising statistic there, isn't it? It always felt like he was scoring against us. Yeah, I know. Uh, Scott Hogan. You reckon he can? Uh, you reckon he's going to come back and haunt us? Is he a danger? Um, I mean, it's an ex-player, so yeah, probably. Played Stoke four times in his careers. Never won. Never scored. So let's hope he carries that on. Okay. Uh, although this season he does have seven and seventeen, and. Uh, he has more than double the next top scorer, which is centre-back Austin Trusty, who uh, okay. has three in 17 and scored a back heel, I believe, last week. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, we have Liam Delap, Connor Taylor and Lewis Baker are all on four yellow cards for State this season, so they are all one away from a ban. Thinking about Lewis Baker, by the way, right? So one player actually I didn't mention earlier on. I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. So Lewis Baker has been playing pretty poorly, to be honest, um, in, in the last few games. So he's been on it, those four yellows for weeks now. Do you exactly. think this could actually have strangely had an effect on his performance? I think he maybe feels that he can't miss a game as captain. What kind of example is he setting his captain if he gets five yellows and misses the game through suspension? Yeah, makes you think, because as soon yeah. as he got that fourth, he's gone off the boil. Yeah, I think he's not putting himself about. He's a bit he's a bit worried of getting a fifth yellow. Maybe he's thinking as well, as a captain, he's no good if he's sat in the stands. Yeah. Who's going to come in? We've been, you know, Thompson's been injured, Powell's been injured. You know, where's the cover for centre midfield anyway? Yeah, it's a point, good point. Um, Bialik, Bakuna and Trusty were all one booking away from a suspension for Birmingham. So would have missed the game this weekend if they'd picked up a booking in their game with Millwall tonight. Uh, but they all came through with no yellow cards to Birmingham. So they all three will be available. Uh, Harry Souter, do you know how many games he's missed for Stoke? 600. <laughs> 51 games he's missed for, since he last played for Stoke. Uh, and tonight, the win game against Wigan was the 17th win. So 17 wins in 51 games without him. 11 draws, 23 defeats. Do you think he's going to come back, mate? I mean, we, we talked about this last pod. And I was going to say, I expected him to maybe play tonight, but clearly he obviously played in the, uh, the under-21s, didn't he, the other night? Um, for 90 minutes, I think, again. Um, so, do you think he's going to be back? At least um, on the bench? I've heard, I've heard sort of quotations that he's maybe... Sp- like, Alex Neal sort of mentioned that we are getting him fit, basically. We are getting him fit with the under-21s and getting him match ready, and then he will go play at the World Cup for Australia to get his match fitness. <laughs> That's a bit dangerous, don't you think? So we're getting him ready to go to the internationals to get himself injured again to come back and have absolutely bit, zero benefit for us. Bit disrespectful to Australia and the FIFA World Cup. 
<laughs> use, wow. use it. Go. You can go play there. Get a bit of fitness up there. He goes, comes back to the championship. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, you know, you know my thoughts on some internationals, mate. I just, I just, I don't, I don't see the benefit in us gaining all fit, ready to go for another team to benefit. And if he gets injured, we don't benefit at all. We've wasted the last God knows how long. I don't know, mate. I, I, for me, I'm just selfish in these scenarios. I don't really care two hoots about Australia. Uh, we, we need him for Stoke. So I think the sooner... It, I just wish he'd bow out, to be honest. He's never going to, and understandably he's never going to. But I just wish he'd bow out and just get himself fit for Stoke. Well, have you seen who's in their group? Go on. We've got Denmark and France, so he'll be back home soon anyway. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so the last few stats here. After 18 games last season, we had 31 points. So the fact we're on 22 now means we are nine points behind the, where we were at this stage last season. Um, but obviously it was at this point when the wheels all fell off, didn't they, because Suter got injured <laughs> in early November. Um, and obviously the game against Wigan saw the first three players break to the thousand minute mark for Alex Neal. So Lewis Baker, Ben Wilmot, and Morgan Fox all played over a thousand minutes now under Alex Neal. Surprise! So, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not surprised. Again, I mentioned him. I don't want to keep banging on about him. I, I wouldn't have put Fox in that category. It, it's funny how he was like. Totally disregarded by Michael O'Neill, wasn't he, this season? Yeah, massive. Played like one game, I think it was that, even in the Cup as well. And then Alex Neal's come in and he's like, playing every week. Yeah, Um Dwight Gale. So he's got four goals in five games against Birmingham in his career. Uh, he's the only, the only team who, in the, the only current championship side he scored more against is Rotherham with five goals. Um, so that maybe bodes, bodes well, although we have sort of been putting these kind of stats around for a while now. <laughs> Gail, <laughs> trying to eat, trying to remind him, haven't we? Dwight, you, you love playing against these, get a goal, son. <laughs> um, and the other stat of note is that Aidan Flint has got five wins in 10 games against Birmingham, uh, and he's not, he's not won against any other side more often in his career. Uh, would you like some news on the referee? Oh, yeah. God, it's not Gavin Ward, is it? No, it's Josh Smith. Well, he refed us in the 4-0 mauling against Watford a few weeks ago. Oh, it was him, was it? OK. It was him. Uh, so, yeah, obviously it wasn't... It was also... He's got the same liner with him who missed the uh, the game... <laughs> who missed the, the first goal being offside, although it was quite high, wasn't it? But, yeah, he, um, he had the Saar goal that was offside. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't that much in it. I mean, it was offside. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. glaringly obvious, was it? No. Uh, but yes, he did. Us, Josh Smith also refereed three times last season. Uh, 2-1, 2-1 win against Huddersfield. 3-1 away win against Swansea with the uh, famous um, Sam Clucas celebration. <laughs> and the 2-0 away win at Hull. Okay. So this season, his record, 11 championship games. He's given 52 yellows, two reds and two penalties. So another one who's not not scared of getting his cards out there, is he? Nearly five yellows, a red every five games and a penalty every five games. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't been sent off in a while, have we? So I think we're due. One. We haven't, no. Um, 
He's ref Birmingham once this season, a 3-2 away win at West Brom. Uh, but he did give West Brom a penalty that day. And he's been an EFL ref since ni- the 2019-2020 season. Uh, and he was promoted to the championship in 2021-22-22. So this is his second season at this level. Okay. So we're getting a few of these newish refs, aren't we, at the minute? Well, they can't be any worse than the prior lot, mate, to be honest. So I think that I think that's all the FA and you know, what a for the, the actual referees association, I think, and they just can't be as bad as the current crap we've had. So why not? Right, let's get some audio then. Got Graham McGarry giving us his weekly prediction. Hello there, once again, you Potters predictors. This is Graham McGarry looking forward now, of course, to the weekend's game at home to Birmingham City because the league table looks a lot better after that excellent 1-0 win earlier in the week at Wigan Athletic. That goal from Josh Tymon eased the bit of pressure that was coming on the Stoke players and the Stoke management team as the league table wasn't looking too healthy. But now with two home games to come, they can get themselves into the top of the table if they can build on that excellent 1-0 victory earlier in the week. Well, Birmingham City are a side, of course, managed by former Stoke City player John Eustace. And they're ticking over OK. A draw in midweek at home to Millwall kept them around the mid-table position. And they'll be a hard side to break down. A Stoke will need to be patient and the fans need to be with them all the way from once they kick off at three o'clock. If that happens, the recipe is good for another victory. Stoke City 2, Birmingham City 0. Let's cheers that, Graham. Um, yeah, so Mike, I mean, what's, what team are you thinking for uh, for the game on Saturday? Um, I don't think I'm changing, mate, to be honest with you. I've yeah, got I mean, one I'm change just, in my team. I was going to say that there can't be too many changes from that. Um, Suter would come onto the bench for me. I think that's about it. So, yeah, I mean, I'll go with yours, mate, because I'm not making any household changes. I'm playing Fosu up front with Gale. Okay. I just, just, I, you remember when, do you remember last season when uh, DiMaggio sort of burst on the scene, didn't he? Because QPR away, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And it was him and Brown up front. And you looked at it, you thought, you know, Brown's, you yeah, he's developed and he's become stronger, but neither of them are like massive units or anything, Ardy, and it's no. too small a striker's playing up there. And I think Gale and Foss, I think Gale can do that job that that Brown did that day, and Foss, who can be like DiMaggio, can't he? Only a little bit more experienced and sort of trusts himself, knows his game a bit more. Yeah. And yeah, I think if you let, like I say, Gale can. You know, sort of do all the. You got Powell behind as well. Gale can do all the, you know, bringing others into play. Hold, you know, holding it up, even if it's not sort of as a, you know, a traditional target man would. And Fosu can just sort of buzz around and make a nuisance of himself. I think that could be the kind of. If I was a defender, I'd hate someone like him running around. Well, trickery pace. I mean, to be fair, mate, I think tonight when when, when he came on, I mean. When he was having to defend, it looked like Bambi on ice. Like he looked so out of his depth, and and that actually echoes a lot of what we saw from him um, earlier on in the season when he was playing that wing back position. As soon as again tonight, as soon as he switched to that more attacking uh, play, 
he was just he was like you know step overs the whole the whole lot. He's a different player when he when he's up going up front or you know left wing wherever he's playing. Either way, when he's in attacking position, it's night and day for what he's like in defence. So, so yeah, I understand. The further forward we push him, <laughs> the better he yeah. becomes. Yeah, maybe he's a Thierry Henry, starts as a left winger and turns into a striker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that'd be the only, I'd say the only change. Obviously, this is taking into account that Time and Thompson Powell can all play two games in four days. Mm. Um, I don't think there's even much arguments. I mean, would you say Jag, if, you know, Jagielka, could he, play another, could he play two in four days again? You know, did we have those bad results? Thinking obviously Rotherham um, and then Coventry, you know, the players looked a bit light, leggy in that Coventry game. Are we going to be doing that again? Are we risking that again if we don't freshen things up? But I think we've done made changes tonight, haven't we? And that, you know, that's going to help. Yeah, it, it will help, mate. But also, if you look at your actual defence, who are you replacing who with here? Because Taylor seems to be so far down the, the pecking order. I don't get what's happened there. He's not that bad to be bombed out completely. So I'm really a little bit puzzled. Flint is... Well, I've not seen Flint for, for a long, long time. So obviously Flint, yes, the, he could the come back in. sub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he could come back in, yeah. But I'm not... I wouldn't be overly comfortable with that. If I'm honest, he's, he's not played for a while. So I, I, I don't get the Connor Taylor thing. I really don't. I mean, like I say, looking at it there, Thompson, Powell, Timon came off. I mean, if they aren't fit, I mean, naturally, would you say small boning for Powell if he's um, not fit? That's what he'd do. So, yeah, I suppose. Would you, I suppose you'd put Fossil left wing back. You'd have to, I suppose, wouldn't you? There's not really many other options, to be honest. Yeah, Fox is no good there. Yeah, and then obviously, if that was the case, I'd then probably put Brown back up front. Um Unless Campbell's fit, I'd be happy to bring Ty back in if he is, because I think Brown's not yet hit, you know, not yet found any form really, has he? So, you know, I'm not. Um, obviously, another game might do him the good, just get into a bit of rhythm, because we've, we've seen that with Tyree seems ourselves, haven't we? That it's only when he's had a run of games, really, that he started looking like the player he was before. Well, it's the same as I said last pod, mate. I mean, Brown has got to play now for five, six, seven games continuously. Um, because he is a good player, he can finish. There's no doubt about that. So he he needs to he needs to stay in this team, even yeah. if Campbell's fit. Just give you know Campbell's had his chance. He's missed some sitters, so let's just give you know Jacob a bit of a run. Tyrese can force his way back in. He's got to come off the bench. He's got to prove he can do it. And we all know he can do it, but he, he's got to. He, he can't think he's the first name on the team sheet because he, he isn't. So, yeah, I mean, for me, mate, Jacob gets the nod at the minute. I mean, was there any indication where Josh Loren was tonight? Um, No, probably another injury. You know, why not? I was going to say, because obviously if Thompson's injured, if he is injured and unable to play the weekend, then we could probably do with him back, <laughs> to be well, honest. I'd play Loren over Smallbone because I think, obviously, uh, Baker and, and, and Loren play really well together continuously every time they're playing they're playing really well together so I'd, I'd choose both of them over a small bone to be honest so we've got we've sort of got the, the cover there haven't we um, if Sterling's fit does he come in for Clark at all 
Or is it Clark's no. here now and Sterling's got to wait? Sterling's got to wait for me. Clark's just is too good going forward. And I suppose, mind you, we could I put suppose them it depends. one on either side, to be honest. Yeah, you could do. It's just, I'm thinking about, it depends what formation we're playing here. If we're going forward at the back, I wouldn't be averse for having Sterling coming back into that position. If we're playing the fullback, then absolutely Clark gets it for me. But again, Sterling's just as good going forward. So it, it's a real interesting one at the right, that right back slash right wing back position. Both of them probably could force their way in and we probably wouldn't look much weaker regardless of which one came in, mate. But Clark, for me, I've liked him since the day he came in. So um, he gets enough for me. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I think we are going to be sticking with this formation, especially if we had if we've gone like that against Wigan to match up against them, I mean, Birmingham are another side. It seems like every team sort of plays a 3-5-2 formation now, don't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Wigan, uh, sorry, Birmingham are another one who play like that. I mean, their midfield three as well. Chong, Bialik and Mabry. I think it's Mabry. Um, but yeah, they are three very, very good footballers there. Um, so our midfield are going to have to be on it, really. On Saturday, I think Birmingham, mate. If you if if you look at them, and I know you said they didn't really have much chance by the sounds of it tonight against Millwall. Um, I, I kind of I, I get that, but from what I've remember seeing, you know, I think Birmingham aren't really having an awful season. I don't think uh, they 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 can certainly score goals. You mentioned Hogan there. What was it, seven and fifteen? I think it was. Um, so obviously Hogan knows how to to find the net as well. Um, the fact we're playing at home and got really bad form at home doesn't help us um, at all. So, I mean, I know you haven't asked for score predictions just yet, but I'll, I'll give you mine, mate. I reckon we're gonna. It's gonna be one nil either way. There won't be much in it. I'm hoping we can just scrape it. Well, I was just saying today about we say about tonight. Birmingham drew nil nil with Millwall. Didn't have a shot on target in the whole game <laughs> at home to Millwall. Rowett, Rowett will be having a cigar. He'll, job done. <laughs> I've, I've, I've made everybody miserable. No entertainment for anyone. <laughs> and now two ex-managers are going to come uh, come back to to spoil our our pre-international break party. <laughs> um, and obviously you mentioned Scott Hogan, but one player we haven't mentioned in Birmingham is Troy Deeney. Who, oh, yeah. uh, he started up front with Hogan in midweek, so I mean, he might be his age, he might struggle, make two games in four days. <laughs> uh, but again, he's another one into you who's been a bit of a nuisance to us over the years. Or feels like he has, anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's these the little players, just those niggling, pain-in-the-backside players that just come out of the woodworks. The crap most of the season, and they play against Stoke, and all of a sudden, they, it's like watching, you know, bloody Messi and... I don't know, bloody Vieira. <laughs> you know, either way, they're the different players entirely. So, mate, yeah, just be nice for a, a, a manager to come back and a player to come back and just be absolutely crap. It would make do, a change. Do you know what he might do though? Right. Trudini is one of them players who can wind people up. He can wind opponents up. He can wind fans up, can't he? Mm. He could actually spark a bit of atmosphere that's been lacking down there on Saturday. Yeah, if he starts going up to his old tricks and you know the booze start going out and the the chants and stuff like that at him, it it actually could, like I say, could actually create a bit of atmosphere that that otherwise wouldn't be there. So if I was John Eustace, I'd be telling him 
Troy, don't don't wind them up today because we're quite happy with them being as silent as they have been lately. Yeah, no, too right, mate. What, what reception do you think John used to still get? He should Nothing get a good, good one. Yeah, I, I think he was a really good player for Stoke, and you know, it wasn't his fault he was injured for such a long time. I I still stand by the comments. I believe he was the best midfielder in the league for six months before he got injured. Mm. He, he absolutely was he was tearing it up for Stoke at that, at that point in a very, let's be honest, in an average Championship side at the time. The league position said we were average, and so we you know, it can't be any complaints of that. And and he he was a real shining light. He dictated the game every week. Yeah, he he was he was a very good. We got him from Coventry, didn't we? From Aberdeen, we did. Yeah. Um, but yes, one one last thing is uh, John Ruddy, thirty six in goal for Birmingham. He's having a cracking season, sort of a renaissance in his career, isn't he? You know, he's on the way out and. Yeah, not played for Wolves barely the last three seasons, and then boom, he's in Birmingham playing every week and playing well. Yeah, well, hopefully he doesn't have a good game at the weekend, mate. I mean, according to Wikipedia, he's uh, he's played eighteen and scored no goals, but at least he's not scoring goals as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's conceded fifteen goals in eighteen games, so he's uh, not bad. No, they've got the best defense in the league, so he's obviously doing something right, isn't he? Yeah, exactly, mate. Which is why I'm saying it's going to be a tough game at the weekend. Again, they, they they've got they've got they've conceded the same amount of goals as Preston. They both, I think, Preston drew the first with about eleven games nil nil, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, they couldn't score to save their lives, could they? No. There you go. Yeah, the first five games, first six, seven, yeah, seven games in, they hadn't conceded a goal, and now Birmingham have conceded the same amount of goals as them. So. <laughs> Well done to them. That, that will ruin that record on Saturday, mate. We'll ruin that. So yeah. you reckon one nil, one nil either way. Are you going to say which way? Um. Oh, I want to be positive. I'm going to go one nil Birmingham. Scott Hogan. I want to be positive. One nil Birmingham. <laughs> I want no. I want to be positive. My head, my, my head is saying Birmingham one nil Scott Hogan, mate. Heart is saying a one nil Stoke win. <sighs> Uh, no, I'm going to Birmingham. I'm going to say 1-0 to Stoke. And I'm going to say the goal was scored by Phil Jagielka. Okay, off a corner or something. Or is he going to have a 50-yard yeah. pal driver? He's going to Ben Wilmot. It. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, um, no, he's going to cut for a corner and he's going to elegantly nod it in off the post like he did the other week. So, yeah, I think and that goal is going to be coming quite late on as well. Send us all home happy. As long as someone yeah. bloody scores, mate, I don't really give one. <laughs> Again, like we said, like with this match, mate, we we just we need to win ugly. Let's just get to the you know the international break in that top off. Because I think if we win and the scores go our way, I'm pretty confident we go 12th or 13th. I think it is. Um, yeah, well, and then it's mad that if we'd have lost against Wigan, we'd be in the relegation zone. We're actually 17th, but we'll level on points with 14th. It's only goal difference that puts us behind Rotherham, Bristol City and Blackpool. And if we beat Birmingham, then we could go as high. They're in 13, so we definitely go above them. But we could go above Sunderland as well, up into 12th place. And then when we beat Luton, we'll go into 6th. <laughs> I, I, mean, I haven't got a table, but... Yeah. At the minute, Watford, Watford are on 29 points in 6th place. So... 
We're not a million, you know, we're seven points behind them. We're not a million miles away, are we? Won't we're it show just leads. how... Cr- Mate, 28 games left in the Championship. That's... A lot can happen in 28 games in this league. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to say we've got predictions done. We've got teams in. Um, I think we've just got Super 6 and Gaffer and then a little quiz for you there, Mike. So, okay. Super 6, how do you feel you're doing this week? This week, I think it's actually been pretty decent for me. I think about a few correct scores and it's about 13 points, I think, last time I looked. Very nice. Well, that puts you 60th overall, mate, on 139. <laughs> Andy okay. is still leading the way out of us three. He's 46th on 154. But coming up like a steam train, I've got 18 points this week. Sixth overall wow. <laughs> is me. I'm up to 82nd now. 105 points. If only I'd actually started filling it in at the start of the season. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yes, more importantly, the, the three people are putting us all to shame. Uh, Matthew Robinson is top on 190. Luke Higgins is second on 186. And then we've got joint people in third. Mark Simpson and Robert Wally are both on 184 points. So well done to you guys. Like I say, putting us all to shame, them guys, aren't they, mate? Yeah, they have been all season, though, in fairness to them. They've been up there all, all, all season, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, talking about people who have been up there all season, uh, Gaffer, first place at Stoke Gaffer, 1,324. Second, Jack Curran, 1,287. And returning back into third place after he dropped down to fourth last week is Pookie Blinders. With, with, so, yes, he's uh, three names there that we keep saying week in, week out, it feels, mate. Yeah, again, I think he was, was it Stoke Gaffer, I think you mentioned? Um, I yeah. think he's been top one, top two for good chunks of the season. Um, and I think I went up to 32nd last time I looked as well. You did, mate. So you're 32nd on 920. Andy and me are both on 937 in joint 28th place. So, again, that's nice and tight there. There's only four places in it. So, yeah, all to play for. Who will be going to Vale Park? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, did you say 920 points, Ed? Yes. Okay, well... Timon's helped me tonight then because he's in my team. I put him back in, so he's got 13 points. So uh, he's helped me tonight. So I've actually got more than that now. Um, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, mate. We'll see. I've not, I've not got to play with zero points for once, which is always a good thing. Ah, everybody played. No wasted spaces. That's what you want. Rare. <laughs> so I'm going to finish off now, mate, with a Birmingham quiz. Okay. So. Are you ready for this? I've got 10 questions. Let's see how you get on. Oh, Everybody God, ready okay. at home? <laughs> Question number one. Which ex-Stoke player left the Potters in a controversial deadline day move to Birmingham in 1995, re-signing for the club where his wife was managing director? Oh. Oh, so it came to me and went, um... oh, man, that's... You're going to kick yourself when I tell you. Oh, it wasn't little guy, um, little guy, black hair. Do I tell you? Uh, go on, Paul Pesky Salido. Oh, bloody Pesh, of course it was. Uh, yeah, so obviously, his wife, who was managing director there, was Karen Brady. Yeah, 
no no one would mess with her though. She was she's pretty um I don't not the right word I don't think hard faced. You you wouldn't mess with her either. She's, I can't. She's quite scary. scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, question number two. Birmingham retired Jude Bellingham's shirt number when he left for Borussia Dortmund. But what number is it? Jude? This is a Stoke City podcast. Just asked for Jude Bellingham. There's a lot of uh, talk about it at the time, wasn't there? How they'd retired somebody who'd played about 50 games for them. Well, players always go and have the same shirt number as where they've gone. Now, I know Jude Bellingham has 22 as a shirt number where he is now, so I reckon it would have been the same shirt number. So I'm going to say 22. Correct. Yes. (laughs) Well done. Question number three. Which manager left Birmingham for Stoke in 1991? See, you've got to bear in mind, mate, that I was, what, three years old at this point? Yeah, so was I. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, let me just try and think. Not a hundred percent sure, mate. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, the only one I. I mean, it could be could be Lou. Lou Macari. Lou Macari. Oh, I guess that was. I, I knew it was early, but I could. Mate, I was, I'll say I was three years old. Probably not even that, depending on when he actually joined us in '91. But uh, three, there have been three others who have had spells in charge of both clubs. If you can name me two of them, I will give you a <laughs> point. So, which, uh, they're all in the past thirty years. Two of them have been in the. I'd say two of them have been this century at both clubs. Um. So they managed both. Okay. I mean, we assume you mean Gary Rowett must be one of them. Gary Rowett is one of them. I'm going to say Paul Lambert. I don't think he'd manage Birmingham, but I'm going to go Paul Lambert. No, it was Mick Mills and oh, Steve no. Cottrell. Uh, Matt, I got Steve Cottrell. Wouldn't have got Mick Mills. Okay. Okay. Question number five. In 2002, what was Stoke the first club to do with Birmingham then doing the same thing 24 hours later. 2002. Um, it probably got something to do with a scoreline, maybe. A bit like the Bolton, we beat you 5-0, you beat us 5-0. Um, not a clue, mate. Stoke were the first team to win a final at the Millennium Stadium with this, using the South Stand dressing room. Oh, God, the South Stand jinxed my arse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Division 2 playoff final. Oh and then God. 24 hours later, Birmingham won the Division 1 playoff final using the self-stand dressing room as well. Mate, that was really 2002. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm old. That's why I said think 2002. I thought you might think, oh, it's playoffs. And then might yeah, but it. I thought it might have been a scoreline or something, but you're spot on, mate. Yeah, I remember the banners that, with picture of Jim Royal and... You know, South Tongue yeah. Jinx and all that. Oh, it's great. That, I can't, mate. That just makes me feel dead old now. Uh, question number six. Which striker made a deadline day move from St Andrews to Stoke in 2011? It would, would it have been Cameron Jerome that I mentioned earlier? It is Cameron Jerome. Yes. I was, I, I was if not, I remember to say you've already mentioned him. I thought it might just, that'd be too obvious then. <laughs> <laughs> so, question number seven takes us back to Lou Macari. So, who did he return to Birmingham to buy in 1993? Now, your clues of this are, he was a striker 
who would have six years at Stoke, whose brother played for Derby, and his nephew played for England, and up until recently was often being linked with Stoke. I don't know, mate. I, I think I was too young to remember this. Go on. So Simon Sturridge oh, played please. for Stoke between 93 and 99. His brother Dean played for Derby. Yeah. And obviously Dean's son, Simon's nephew, was Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. He obviously played for England and has often, even recently, been linked with moves to Stoke. He was when he was at Liverpool. I remember the uh, he the whole he's he's close to having talks and stuff like that. And it never happened, did it? No, yeah. even this summer he was on. You know, yeah. needs a club <laughs> and all that. Uh, Nigel Gleghorn, do you remember him? I do remember Nigel Gleghorn. I, I don't really remember him playing very much, but yeah. He played a combined 384 games, scoring 74 goals for the two clubs. But who did he play more for, Birmingham or Stoke? Well, yeah, so what are we going to return to these? Who did he play more for? Um, I'm pretty confident it was Stoke he played more for, though, mate. Well, he played 176 games for Stoke and 208 for really? Birmingham. Yes. Wow. So over eight years, yeah, four years at each club, but yeah, just a few extra games there for Birmingham. That surprised uh, me. Which player who had signed from Birmingham for £200,000 scored the first ever league goal at the then named Britannia Stadium in 1997? Ooh. Seven. So who scored okay. the first league goal at the Britannia Stadium? And we'd signed him from Birmingham for 200 grand. Okay, it was a Ben Graham Kavanagh. No, nope, we signed oh, Graham Kavanagh. No, I'm gone. No, I'm gone. No, no, no. Yeah, it was. No, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. No, I'm gone. Yeah, I don't know why. I just don't know why Kavanagh came to my mind. Um, these, these, see, these things bloody bug me. Um, good quiz, isn't it? <laughs> I told you, I, I, said, I, te- I messaged Mike earlier on, uh, guys, and I said, I've got some nostalgia for you, some 90s nostalgia in this quiz today. There's lots of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really not sure, mate. Richard Forsyth. Uh, yeah, I, wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't have got that. And finally, question number 10. In 2010... Stoke secured a rare recent win over Birmingham when after blowing a 2-0 lead with 15 minutes to go, a midfielder poked in with a rare goal from close range to net the winner with four minutes to go. Who was it? It was Dean Whitehead. It was Dean Whitehead, correct. Yeah, for a second I thought Glenn Whelan was like, no, Uh, yeah, remember Whitehead. Almost... uh, he almost bloody killed the goalkeeper from what I remember. I swear it was like yeah. a, a two-footed slide or something and probably would yeah. get given as a bloody foul these days. I was going to say, I think, it didn't you get through the defender's legs and he was like still behind him and he sort of slid in and took everything with him into the net? <laughs> something like that, yeah. It was a little bit like the, um, I can't, there was a, a delapse goal uh, when he slid it over the line and he, I think Dave Kitson took out their, their defender. I remember that. And how that ever that never got given, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, anyway, we'd probably better wrap this up. <laughs> been, been a long one. Yeah, did you enjoy that? 
Four out of ten. Uh, I thought it was a, it was a fun quiz. That was. four out of ten. Yeah, I think because I was, I was about three years old for about six of them questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only going off like past things people have told me or seen for half of them, but I'll take four out of ten, mate. Like four out of ten, and one of them was Jude Bellingham's shirt number. Yeah, are you complaining about why we're we having this question? <laughs> Well, it was it was a wild guess that he would have kept his same number because they're really precious about that, aren't they? Half of them, especially him with his personality. <laughs> right. Well, we are fast approaching the World Cup, aren't we, mate? Um, we haven't got many pods left, but we will have. We will be back on Monday. We will be previewing the Luton game, and obviously reviewing the Birmingham victory that is on its way on Saturday. And then obviously we've got. Uh, are you? Are you? You aren't with us for that game, are you? Are you with us on Saturday night? Um, I'll have to play it by ear. It depends. It depends. I will do my best to be here. Okay, so we may have you with us on Saturday <laughs> for Monday's pod, um, and then obviously you won't be here when we do the West Brom one for the following Friday, and then it's the World Cup, so you got a month off. I know it's Jerry, weird. Feet up. Well, um, I'll uh, let you know. Well, I must must admit, actually, if I win like hundred million in Vegas, then um, I'm, I, you may never hear from me again. I might, <laughs> I might, I'm, I might, uh, I might employ you to work as a full time podcaster. You never know. So it sounds like a sounds like a job I could do that. Yep. <laughs> Minimum wage. Why not? <laughs> wouldn't want me taking your 100 million off you definitely not stop being greedy <laughs> right let's wrap this up and yes let's get three points of the weekend go on Stoke go on Stoke away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.